0: Hello, this is Sunny, and this is a Sunny Look at the Bible. And we are going into episode three of four today, and we will finish our series on counterfeit light versus true light. Let's jump right in. We are on the seventh deceiving practice, and this is about crystals. So (laughs) I had a lady after church today. uh, She was telling me how she is working with a girl who's new to Jesus. And so she's saved, but she's also been around some self-professed light witches. So they're, they would call themselves witches, but they would say they're light witches. And she said um, this light witch who had been in her life that she tried to put boundaries and kind of get out of her life. And when I say kind of, it sounds like there's still a bit of connection there from time to time. But um, when she was helping this new person who's new to Jesus... She said that this light witch had given her um, a black crystal, and that this witch had actually told her the same things that um, that the Jesus person told her. Like it was like, wow, look, they connected. Like this must be my truth because the the Jesus person and the witch, the light witch, said the same thing. And again, this is where we have to realize that there are powers, even in the dark powers. Uh, But this crystal that she gave the Christian who was mentoring her, she said, take this because I know that you're trying to get away from the other witches, have this black rock protect you. And so this Christian said, no, see, that's not how it works. Um, This doesn't hold any power. She goes, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I'm talking about grown women, almost 40, not young girls who don't know and haven't lived life. This is, this is again in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, but let me take it outside of Green Bay. Uh, I was, Sean spoke at a church in Las Vegas a few, well, a Sunday ago and our friends, uh, offered to take us on a, the, the pastors who had us in offered to take us on a tour of like Pawn Stars and some reality shows, car shows and stuff. And they do a tour of those stops. And so um, we went in the Pawn Shop, which is the Pawn Stars, I think, is the TV show. And I was, it was really busy because, of course, it's a show and, um, you know, we we're walking by purses and jewelry. And of course, I can Im- imagine why they're popular, you know, they're Louis Vuitton, Gucci, they're you know, real diamonds and there's art on the wall, some that I understood and some I didn't. And then in the center, there were a a ton of racks, like glass shelves. And I don't know why I just had a brain freeze or why my mind went blank. And I'm like, I pointed at this shelf of rocks and, and stones and crystals. And I'm like, see, like, why would anybody sell or buy this? And then my friend said, Oh, because it's crystals. It has the power. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I zoned out long enough to ask that question out loud and then realized that these have value to people that it's at a pawn shop where, you know, these used Gucci bags and Louis Vuittons are $2,000 each. These diamonds are still $20,000. Like pawn stars, their prices are high and they have these crystals for an excessive amount of money and people are buying and selling them. Like I, I just, I still am just stunned. Okay, so from the site on crystals, because, you know, all along I've been saying this is from their sites, not my opinion, from a crystal healer's site, it says, quote, in the modern world, these potent stones hold so much power. They help us to channel our intentions, raise our vibrations, and can bring out all the dormant grace, beauty, and magic you already have stashed inside. We can match our inner vibrations to the things we want in this world. We may be able to manifest them into our lives. It can seem daunting to know which stone you want to welcome into your world. We will help. Ugh. I just that part we can help you that you want to welcome into your world. Like I don't know that I welcome I might welcome a pet, but I welcome humans into my world. So they're just establishing the power and how this is really opening something up, if you have to welcome it into your world, they don't think it's just a rock. This not a ploy to get your money, and they're not trying to sell you something else. So Exodus 21 through 6 of the Ten Commandments says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, and that is in the earth beneath. Now, and what is in the water under the earth. Okay, now I want to point out, why is he saying anything that is in the heaven above or the earth beneath? Don't make for yourself anything. So the Bible talks about how there will be streets of gold, there will be gates of pearl, there will be jasper, there will be emeralds. So heaven will actually have stones, but they're just for beauty and sparkle. And the fact that streets are made of gold and streets are concrete and asphalt you know they're what people throw their chewing gum out on and that we dump our coffee out on the street like this is where pets go to the bathroom in our current world and and the the least uh uh cared about part of heaven the least cared about about part of our world streets those will be made of gold So there will be jewels in our crown, there will be jasper, there will be onyx. And so when Exodus is warning, like, don't take that, don't take from what is in the water under the earth, there's beautiful stones that you get from there. He's saying, you shall not, it goes on, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Like when we're looking to a rock or a stone, he's, he's, up there like knock knock hello look up here i am a jealous god i want your attention and affection and worship and i actually want to do something back for you they're stones <laughs> they're literally what he made what he buried what are going to be in in our crown just as a, a reward for us later um he says i am the lord your god i'm a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandment. So that's in the Ten Commandments. However, these stones and crystals are promoted as a new way to mom, to wife, to cook. In fact, there was a podcaster that I looked up and um, I mean, it looked like she maybe was Joanna Gaines, like that she makes Yummy biscuits and muffins, and you know, has some tips on homeschooling your kids. Like, just very, very typical of like a sweet young girl, young mom. Um, but this is what the head headline um, of her website said: "Crystals, uh, crystals are important." And basically, her whole podcast is how to use crystals to. Uh have the new way of momming, wifing, and cooking. But then this is what a Healthline website says. This is, you know, I looked up like, are doctors using this? Are there other people using and buying into this, like the medical world? And so Healthline website said, crystals have largely been dismissed as pseudoscience, although some studies suggest they may offer a placebo effect. Which placebo effect is your mind mind over matter that your mind has such control because we are created by god body soul spirit <laughs> so it's all interwoven so you know when they say that a cancer survivor typically had a really great outlook and and were optimistic about their their cancer outcome and that they would be fine that that's similar to a placebo effect Uh, It also says on this website, an older study presented at a conference in 1999 and 2001 said that they are simply the power of suggestion. Now, I believe that that may be true, the placebo thing. That's how the medical world looks at it. I believe that there is power in the darkness. I'm not refuting that at all. But stay away from that which is not true light. Okay, then we had a lady who asked me when she saw on Facebook what we were going to be sharing, uh, she said, what about applied kinesiology? And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know much about that. So I started a research. And the origin is George J. Goodhart, and he invented applied kinesiology in 1964. What he did is he com- combined elements of psychic philosophy, Chinese Taoism, and ancient Eastern practices with Palmer's chiropractic theory. You've probably been familiar with D.D. Palmer he combined the concept. So, you know, chiropractic, there's nothing spiritual about that. I, I believe if you your back is hurting, go to the chiropractor. That makes sense. If my neck is stiff, go to the chiropractor. Like I'm, I don't believe that that's a belief, but tying it in with chiropractic, then like lessened the Taoism and the ancient Eastern philosophies, you know? And so that's how he started. He is reported to have developed a series of elaborate charts. This is Goodhart with kinesiology. Goodhart is said to have been involved in the, cult, the occult, though. <laughs> so the law of diminishing returns, I've talked about that in previous episodes, that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, the claim, claiming the ability to communicate with plants or other forces of nature, which is what Goodhart was into, determining basically everything in one's life Um, such as your music selections. He went as far as to say paint colors, your dietary choices, and even your relationship decisions could all be decided with applied kinesiology. So he started out with, you know, let's combine some of these things and add it to chiropractic care, which is where I was introduced to kinesiology. Um, My chiropractor uh, said, let's do a muscle testing where you put your arm out, you hold the bottle of vitamins. And if the doctor can push your arm down from the lake, your arm going straight out from your shoulder. If he can push, push the arm down that's not holding the bottle of vitamins, then that means those vitamins are not good for you. So he gives me a different kind of A vitamin. And then when I'm holding that bottle, and maybe it has an added other thing to it to make it different, and then my arm is strong and he can't even push it down, that means my body likes that. Well, it kind of made sense, but I was like, isn't the plastic or the glass bottle getting in the way? But this was, this was from a chiropractor that I didn't think was weird or into any other thing, but see the law of diminishing returns is that this started out as, as, you know, health and through this chiropractic way. And then it turned into like hold a record and you can select your music selection on through kinesiology, like Paint colors, like if I go hold in my hand a paint swatch that's blue and my muscle testing is that my muscle doesn't have any strength, that means blue, my body's rejecting blue. Maybe let me hold red. Oh, my arm stayed strong and you can't push that down. Oh, we should paint our kitchen red because my body's saying that. It's, it's, that's again, it's, it's um, like yoga where it says just free your mind, empty it have no control over it. We we are conscious beings and the only person or thing that should take over our mind is God. So Touch for Health, another website, said um, that they move into an even more deeply psychic realm and it claims that life energy can be regulated and manipulated by mental power alone. And, you know, we hear mind over matter, we hear positive, and and these are just taking you know speaking life which is good speaking scripture over your life positivity taking your thoughts captive and replacing with thoughts of god and it just turns the dial to try to say oh it's you know it's visualization and you can manifest and and that's where applied kinesiology can even get get kind of kooky So according to a recent Time CNN poll, about 30% of Americans have resorted to some form of unconventional therapy, half of them within the past year. This trend is giving the New Age movement its best opportunity for converting our culture. Many holistic health modalities, including applied kinesiology, incorporate panatheistic occult philosophy and spiritual experience that can entice an unsuspecting and vulnerable patient. People are just looking for answers. And I know that if I was diagnosed with cancer, I wouldn't just go one route. I'd want to go multiple routes because I don't know which one will actually work. And so that's how a lot of people would view these things. Like, well, this is just another form of healthcare. The problem is, is that applies, applied kinesiology and the founder took it to the extent of philosophy of Eastern practices and religion. All right. Ninth deceiving practice, sage smudging. Now, this is not the same as anointing your house with oil. Um, Although some could say, well, what's the difference? If I've smudged my house with sage, which is to light a bundle on, you know, light a match on the bundle of sage and then to go around, it's called smudging when you're going around your house in ceremony to clear the energy. And the reason that it is not the same as anointing your house with oil is because when we're anointing our house with oil, we are, and some don't, and you don't have to, but I know that we do, and we encourage people to just, it's its symbolic. If you don't pray, you just go put oil on your door, even though that looks like the Old Testament story of the Passover, where they put the blood of a lamb, a sacrifice over the door. And then the death angel flew over, it passed over. That's where we get the Passover story in the Old Testament. And that's when Jesus was going to uh, Jerusalem for Passover, an annual uh, celebration in remembrance of when the children of Israel were told to put blood of a sacrificial lamb over the doorpost. And the death angel would would pass over them. And would only kill the firstborn of the Egyptian, of Pharaoh-led people. And so that's where we get Passover. And it can, you know, I I go, well, I think that that is what we're trying to represent. Just like water baptism is representing a new birth. But salvation is the new birth. Water baptism is showing this public profession of the inward change. Same thing with when we put oil on our doors, if we just put oil on our doors like we were putting, like the children of Israel put blood over their doors, but we didn't pray, it's just a weird ceremony. But because it's about praying, I can do it without oil, but going to every entrance of my home, windows and doors, and praying protection, praying the Holy Spirit uh, be there and be welcome there, but any demonic, any evil, not be able to pass through. That's anointing your house with oil. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I think that um, if you're married, a husband and wife should do that. If, if a man um, does it, I think that's great. Sean's the priest of our home, and he's done it. I've done it. Um, but sage smudging, I don't know that people who are into sage smudging would even try to compare it to Passover or compare it to what I just did. But let me read to you uh, what a website on sage smudging said. The people who spread the custom were mainly the pagans and Celtic Druids in in the United Kingdom, who spread throughout Europe, later into Asia, and the Native Americans throughout the USA, through many cultures throughout the world. Also, they use smoke to clear negative energy, to keep germs at bay, and for ceremony. Again, it's the intention of burning candles, of incense, burning sage. It's to clear negative energy. And here's the thing, we have to always... Ask ourselves, what energy are we believing in? God, I want you to be the energy, be the source, be the the Lord and Savior, to push out any evil spirits. We would call them spirits because they are. There's two kinds of spirits, good or evil these energies that are talked about is to just water down and to try to desensitize us that there's many energies and forms and practices and intentions. All it does is water down good and evil, true or false, you know, uh, dark spirits, light spirits. <laughs> like it, it, it's trying to make it less black and white and more gray and nuanced. All right. The 10th deceiving practice is tarot cards readers, and psychics. From their website, a psychic is someone who uses extrasensory, supernatural, or metaphysical abilities to divine information for themselves or others. These gifted individuals can use various forms and tools, including divination, telepathy, clairvoyance, astrology, and more. Tarot cards are the one tool that many psychics will use. I'm not going to spend much time on that because I think if you're... I don't think this is a naivety thing. I think I think this should speak for itself. And the... (laughs) I just don't want to spend a bunch of energy on it. I don't think this is confusing. Uh, I think it's tarot card readers and psychics. And if you've watched the movie Ghost, if you watched Big, if you've watched movies, like especially older movies, it was always scary. This was never mainstream. Okay, I'm going to move to 11, yoga. Because I did not get to talk much about this um, at the All Is Light in the full video on YouTube. uh, I didn't get to say all of this or I was rushed through it. So again, from a yoga website, the Cyril Malabar Church Commission in Kerala, India said some of the main traits of yoga are conflicting with Christian beliefs. The experience of yoga is that the practitioner, nature, and God become one. But according to Christianity, nature and God cannot become one, the report said. Okay, so that's not from a Christian website. That's if you Google yoga and is what is yoga's religious or background, that's what they said. So the origin, again, from a website, the word yoga is derived from the root word yuj, meaning to join or to yoke or to unite. Again, mind, body, and soul, and mastering the universe. But I preached a whole message a few months back on the yoke and what Jesus meant by, um, take my yoke upon you, and um, I, will, I will make it light. Matthew 11:28 says that that take my yoke upon you and learn from me i am gentle and humble in heart you will find rest for your souls. What would we say yoga is is to rest and he's basically saying yoga which means yuge which means yoke he's saying take mine. He's not saying go find it through a yoke. He's saying take my yoke and you'll find rest for your souls. What you're looking for in yoga Again, from their website, according to modern scientists, everything in the universe is just a manifestation of the same quantum firmament. One who experienced this oneness of existence is said to be in yoga and is termed as a yogi, having attained to a state of freedom referred to as muktai, nirvana, and moksha. So this is where I spoke in authority. I said, I I actually said this, and this uh, this is the scripture that when I finished it, the lady went down. She was unresponsive and died. This verse, I said, I said, I have it in my notes, even I'm looking at, I'm going to speak this over you in authority. And I said it at this point because I had just talked about yoga and I knew that of all things, probably hundred percent of the women in the room had done yoga. Like it's just something that there's even Christian yoga people who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to become a Christian yoga. And they've tried to take this practice and, and make it, it never was like Jesus people, Old Testament people did yoga, and then Satan took it away and stole it and corrupted it, and we're going to take it back. It it never was. It was never a practice that that God had for us. So I said, I'm going to speak this in authority over you, Acts 17, 22, and 31. In fact, I'm going to speak this in authority over you. So if you're listening, if you want to set down your hairbrush, your makeup brush, put down your spoon of what you're cooking or if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but otherwise maybe close your eyes and just let me speak this over you. It's Acts 17, 22 through 31. Paul then stood up in the meeting and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The Lord who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps find, reach out for him and find him though he is not far away from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or a stone in image made by a human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And boom, the lady hit the floor and she was immediately gray in the face. And the nurses that went to attend to her had to bring her back and resuscitate her. That verse, the last line is raising him from the dead. He has given proof to this to everyone by raising him from the dead. It was like a line in the sand God drew and it is a line in the sand that we have to, like, I'm not going to do yoga anymore. I had a couple, I had a lady ask me about Pilates. She texted me and said, Hey, what about Pilates? And I, I said, you know what? Look up the website and see if it has, there are, there are some, I think that's not Bikram, but there's some Pilates people who they were yogis and then they did a form of Pilates. But I said, just look into what that exact studio says that they're about us page, because if to them, this is spiritual and it's kind of verging on yoga, then don't do it. If it's, this is a Pilates machine and we do like abs and, you know, swimming moves, then, then you, you know, but the yoga thing, I was like, it's a line in the sand. It really is. Okay. Number 12, which is last of the 12 deceiving practices, astrology. Another one I think that would hit most people, and that's why I think we also had the distraction in the service. Astrology is a superstitious belief. We can say, no, it's in the newspaper, and it's just it's not a big deal. I mean, good grief, you can go on social media profiles, and you can just upload your avatar with whatever s- scorpion or whatever you are, signs and symbols or on your head. I, I just... And it is a superstitious belief that comes straight from their own website. Astrology is not a science. Astronomy, astrology is not a science and astronomy is not a belief. This is where I started to stumble over my words in the YouTube video. If you do watch it, um, one can earn significantly more money by adding a science label to fortune telling, but astrology is not science. Uh, astronomy is science. That's the study of stars, constellations, but don't get those confused. By the end of the 5th century BC, Babylonian celestial divination had expanded to embrace horoscope th- astrology. This is before Jesus was born. This was going on. It was used for planetary positions at the moment of birth to pre- predict individual fortunes. Um, they actually did Virgo as actually the Virgin Mary. So uh, it was it wasn't hand in hand, but there was such a pervasive belief in the study of stars and watching them that when the wise men saw the star in the east and they followed it to baby Jesus Manger, it's because it, that's really what they were studying is stars, star patterns. The wise men, that's another name for a magician. And so it wasn't the Christian, the follower of Jesus, the person who believed in the Messiah. And it was, uh, this was predicted. And then when they got there, I believe that's why it said they fell on their face and bowed before Jesus, because they felt the power of something they had not felt before. Uh, Because of procession, these horoscope signs are actually a lie, though. The signs that started out in BC before Christ by Babylonian celestial divination people. Um, they were based on positions of the sun in relation, relation to these constellations almost 2000 years ago when it began, but earth's axis has since moved about one of the way through its precession cycle. So horoscopes are off by about a month from the actual position of the sun today. So instead of being a Leo, you might have to start embracing your inner Virgo. Now I'm joking. I don't even know what goes with what month but I thought that was quite funny that someone who thinks they're a Leo is actually a Virgo and is like oh my gosh man I'm so I'm a Leo you're a Leo oh I know I'm so like this and let me just side note this isn't in my notes but I think we can get too wrapped up even into the Enneagram which came from Greek philosophy and I'm sure that I could find enough articles to say you know Stay away from it, but it's also been used to help people in their jobs and people, um, even in churches, really dig like understanding themselves better. But to think that we're there's nine options for our personality, that's just not the God who made us intricately woven together, knitted in our mother's womb, individual. There's never been a person like you and never will be another. So I'm not one of nine types. So when we get too into it, just like oh, I've, I met a Virgo and I, or I only get along with Pisces. Like those things are crazy. Like I, I understand also we're trying to learn about, I'm a seven. How do I get along with my husband? Who's a four and things like this are being said. I just want to say, when we start putting the minor things as major things, that's dangerous. Like let it be a thing, but don't let it be everything. So for Christians, um, we can be, Conf- this can be confusing, the whole Virgo, because that's how, you know, Mary was the Virgin Mary. That's where they get the the term Virgo. And when the star had moved from her upper chest down to her belly and down to where she would give birth, they knew that that is, and even the star looked like the constellation began to look pregnant when Mary was pregnant. So, it is interesting. It makes you wonder, like, did God give us this gift of seeing and being able to read the stars like that, but then it turned into a full-out religion? Maybe back in the Bible, it wasn't what they they put their hope and faith in, but some started to, and, you know, it just could be a cool thing that God gave them a sign through the stars, but it wasn't the thing to worship. Uh, so... Revelation 12, 1 through 17. I'll leave this episode 3 with this. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A one woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth and pains, and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore a child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So it's the Virgin Mary having Jesus. Satan immediately tried to take him out. But the child did go up to heaven next to the throne with God. Um, and when it says the third of the stars, those were the demons that were cast to the earth, that were in rebellion with the devil, and so it is paralleling the time frames of when Satan rebelled, the demons were cast out, but also when Mary had Jesus, and um, so, but that's where Virgo comes from, Revelation twelve one through seventeen but in no way has the Bible ever said, okay, now go ahead and start worshiping Virgo, Leo, Pisces. I don't know all the other ones. Um, So that is all of the 12 deceiving spirits. Now what I was going to finish my message with, and I kind of rushed through it, is testing the spirits. So episode four will be on testing the spirits and the three cracks that let darkness in. So I would love for you to join me in the last episode of A Sunny Look at the Bible, Counterfeit Light versus True Light. See you next time.